Hi, and welcome to another episode of IC Data People. And here with us is Sarah McKenna, CEO of Sequentum. Hey, Sarah. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. And I'll just start with a quick intro. For the last six years, you've been leading the world of data collection and pipelines for smarter data-driven decisions. And actually, before starting Sequentum, Sarah was a QA professional for the last 20 years of, uh, of her career. So I'll turn it over to Evan to ask the first question. Sarah, given that you've had, got this extensive background in product development and QA, I'd love to know how that influenced your, your choice of, of how you built your own product when entering the world of web data extraction. Oh, that's a great question, Evan. And it really does explain a lot about Sequentum and where we are today. Um, so in quality assurance, um, it's a kind of an unknown field. It's the thankless, you know, behind the scenes work um, that major product teams need to do. But basically it's very large scale automation. So automation of functional testing, automation of performance testing, automation of security testing. Um, and it's the whole picture of soup to nuts. What are your requirements um, and how are you delivering them? right, from beginning to end. And so it, when you move into the data world, it's really technically, it's two sides of the same coin. It's automation. It's all about quality. And again, it's all about it driving down to the basic requirements. So what we did in quality assurance over, you know, the first 20 years of my career um, was we defined, you know, the agile methodologies and how to actually deliver software with quality. So you have acceptance criteria and you have all those agile methodologies. Um, and then you have this large scale automation of these very complex operations and technologies. Um, so when you bring that into the data world, right? Sequentum was heads down delivering. Um, but, you know, once we got to a place where we were more comfortable and we were profitable and um, we, you know, looked up from our work and looked out into the data industry and we were sort of tickled pink to find people talking about data contracts. We have data contracts in the Sequentum platform. How could you possibly deliver quality data without a data contract, right? Our agents are essentially text files that define, you know, where the data comes from, any workflow steps, if you're doing any AI enrichment or any workflow, uh, control flow, any transformations along the way, right? The schema's in there. All your data val validation rules, whether it's, you know, data validation at the level of the field or at the level of the entire run um, or schema validation, right? All of that's in there. Um, you know, if you're, uh, you know, so basically your SLAs are included. Um, and we were also delighted to, to, to learn of, of terms like data composability, right? I mean, we're automation nerds. We are obsessed with automation accuracy and efficiency. So the way that we architected our platform is to have small atomic units of op automation that you can layer, just like building blocks of automation, right? In QA, we always talked about building blocks of automation. You make a change in one place and everything changes. Um, to work the, the way that it needs to work. Um, you know, so you're very nimble in, in introducing changes to these large scale automated um, operations, right? That's what data composability is. It's basically taking all of these building blocks and putting them together. Data observability, 
another term when I learned about data observability and I, uh, you know, we, you know, as a team, we practically guffawed. We're like, what is it? Observability, what a weird name. It's basically data quality, right? We're obsessed with quality every step of the way. You have to define up front in your requirements what it has to be and what are all of those checks and controls you're going to put in place to make sure that data from that third-party source, whether it's a website or an API or, you know, a document, whatever it is you're pulling data from, we're not uh, limited to web data, but that happens to be one of our strong points. Um, you know, you need to have that monitoring every step of the way. The fact that we have our start in web data, that's to like the Netflix chaos monkey of data pipelines, right? So we had that, um, you know, multi-structured, constantly changing, complex, technically, you know, challenge. Um, and we built all those controls in our platform. So you know, the fact that we come from quality assurance really uh, is more of a testament to our obsession with quality and our obsession to building the right automation framework to detect and eliminate um, errors as they come up, um, you know, and also to make sure the right people are notified in the right time frames so that, you know, corrections and changes can be made and then making those changes as transparent as possible. Um, because you're going to need changes, right, to keep the data accurate, you know, especially if you're pulling from web sources, right, you need to have audit trails and governance every step of the way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, quality assurance has everything to do with the way that we've approached data automation at Sequentum, and I think it's made all the difference. Amazing. And I think, you know, QA and automation is actually the process of creating processes and frameworks that resonate with your clientele customers. And how do you, how do you optimize this to actually create a product that resonates with your customers? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's the, the way that you eliminate risk, whether it's product development or quality assurance or data automation, um, it's pretty much the same. Um, it's, it's people, process, and tools. Um, and I, you know, I, when I get up on stage and talk about, you know, compliance in the web data uh, field, um, you know, it's the same thing. It's all people, process, and tools. And basically, uh, every problem that you have, whether, um, you know, it's a problem in, in one of your product releases, or if it's a, a problem that you had with one of the data streams that you stood up for one of your customers, you know, every problem boils down to, you know, um, an opportunity to improve. Um, and so the, the trick is, and I've actually done this in every startup that I've done over the last 25 years, um, you know, you basically keep track of every one of those issues. And then you define, is this people, process, or tools? And decide, you know, what your remediation is to eliminate that risk going forward. Um, so maybe it's a, maybe it's a feature. Right, maybe it's uh, you need to hire someone with uh, a new skill set that you didn't realize you needed, or more of a focus in a particular skilled skilled area, um, or maybe it's just methodology. You know, there needs to be certain checks and balances before um, a particular change can be released, um, and that's how we do it. We iteratively improve all the time. It's it's uh, you know very similar to the Japanese sort of lean manufacturing principles. Um, it works for startups. It works in, in data. 
So you mentioned people, process, and tools. Uh, I wanted to dig a little deeper on tools in particular. So aside from GPT, what are the most powerful data tools you've seen recently? I mean, my perspective is pretty biased. Um, you know, we are, the thing that I love about my work is we get, you know, all kinds of challenges from all over the place. We are able to stand up, um, you know, entire operations from scratch in a very short time period because of our platform. Um, and I tend to think that our platform is incredibly powerful, but the truth is I'm not really using anybody else's. So I'm not sure um, uh, how to answer this question without just coming across as completely biased for the Scranton platform. Well, I think that's great. And let's dive deeper into this. What's the most powerful insight you've seen from your platform lately? The thing that, um, that really brings us joy. So most of our, so we're either licensing our software, in which case we don't see the data that our customers are, are working with, or we're operating our software, in which case we see every single field of every row of data that they're working with. And the beautiful thing that, that we see um, and that really, really gets us excited is when a company comes to us, like a large brand, for example, um, and they're in a world of pain because they tried to stand up data-driven decision-making. They, they read the McKinsey report that said they were going to be able to increase their revenues by 40% year over year by implementing data-driven decision-making. And they tried it and they tried to work with all of these companies in the modern data stack and they tried to implement all this stuff. And and uh, you know, somehow through the grapevine, right? They were, they were failing, um, trying and failing, trying and failing. Somewhere through the grapevine, someone said, "You should really try Sequentum. Um, they can really help you." And then they call us up and they say, "Can you give us the sun, moon, and the stars yesterday?" Um, and we do. We sign up. You know, we set up 70, 80, 100, you know, live data streams, um, and we start feeding them into them. And we start this continuous improvement process, right? Because there's little edge cases and different things that come along and we're just responding, 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 improving, improving, improving. And, and three months later, someone super senior, um, you know, comes to us and says, uh, and this actually happened, said, I want you to know that we saved tens of millions of dollars based on this data in our negotiations with our retailers. And that's like, it's just sends shockwaves through the company, you know, cause we're sort of at this little microscopic, super detailed level. Um, but to see it all come together like that is really, um, really exciting. And that kind of insight is what really gets us, gets us jazzed, you know, and similarly, even little tiny projects where someone comes to us and says, I really just need, um, an alert on, um, you know, any negative sentiment that has to do with, you know, the buildings that, you know, my firm is insuring, you know, or insert whatever the, the actual content is here. And we can stand that up overnight. You know, that's like one agent. Um, to be able to pull all that together and provide that in such short order and immediately embark on that continuous improvement um, you know, continuous refinement process is, is really exciting. Um, I, I so it's kind of like this. never ending insights. There's just, there's just no end to the insights that you can get when you combine 
um, data and AI. So as we look to the future, um, maybe it's surveillance, maybe it's something else. Where do you see the data world going in the next five years? What do you expect the biggest change to be in the data world in the next five years? Well, I do think that uh, we're going to have kind of autonomous uh, bots that are going to go and gather information for us. Um, so, you know, for many, many years, uh, we were going to Google and running all of our searches, right? And now I think that's changing very quickly. Um, and we're learning um, how much we're able to glean from this, uh, you know, sort of autonomous AI agents. Um, but I think the trick is going to be, um, you know, how do you build trust? And again, how do you, how do you distinguish between misinformation or disinformation um, and actual, you know, actionable, actual data? Um, and that's going to be, that's going to be the trick. I think you're going to have to, you know, companies like us, I think, are well positioned to take advantage of this because, you know, our system goes to great pains, um, you know, being designed by total QA nerds who don't trust anything. <laughs> um, you know, you have to you have to really know the origin of all your data and all the different permutations that it's gone through. Right. You need to understand those changes over time, what changes happen when and why. Right. Because that's what's going to be informing the training of all of these autonomous agents um, that are going to be informing our own decision making. Um, you know, in this world where, again, like our news is not really a viable, at the moment, nobody's really figured out a viable business model for news um, other than like subscription and nobody really wants to pay for news. So, um, you know, this is, this is going to be the trick is figuring out how to drive trust in these kind of autonomous agents that are going out and gathering the data that you're making decisions based off of. We're going to have to learn to live side by side, I guess. Uh, Sarah, thank you mm -hmm. so much for your time and insights. It was great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure.